You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, everybody. It's Weird Islanders, the podcast, back once again. My name is Dan. That is Mike. Uh, Mike, how you doing? I'm doing all right. It's a, a weird time. Um, we, we're recording this on Sunday night, so yeah. after the Islanders lost to uh, the Flyers, and maybe the most forgettable game of hockey I've ever watched, so I'm really <laughs> happy that we get to, to, to lift our spirits with yeah. um, an, an Islander who... I would say in terms of just the way he looked and talked and sounded and just when you watched him play, I think he is the embodiment of weird. Um, he was a very, he was, he was almost, it was almost like just a nerd. He, he looked like, and sounded like a nerd. He looked like a substitute teacher is how I would say it. So um, that is and, accurate, but he's one of our favorites. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you were the first person I thought of when uh, our guest uh, brought up this Islander because uh, I knew you'd be excited because he's one of your favorites. Uh, and so let, let's get to our guest uh, who will then introduce today's Islander. Uh, you know him as the voice of the PT Isles podcast. You know him also from his work at Isles blog. Uh, he's going to tell us about his new endeavor that I definitely think you will all want to hear about if you haven't already. And he's just a great guy and he's a buddy of ours. His name is Joe Buono. Joe, how are you? Dan, Mike, pleasure to be with you. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's great to have you on. Uh, it took long enough. Full disclosure. So Joe was one of the earliest people that I reached out to uh, about coming on the show. 
And I emailed him and he emailed me right back and he said, I'd love to, but uh, my wife and I are about to head out to the Bahamas. <laughs> so I said, well, A, I hate you guys a little bit, but B, uh, we'll, we'll reconnect when you get back. That was several weeks ago. So unfortunately, this has taken you No, know, I should have just done it because I was uh, you know, tracking Islanders cracking game right before the All-Star break anyway from the Bahamas. I might as well oh, just record the podcast. <laughs> Why would you do that to yourself in the Bahamas? I don't know. It was taking too long for the food to get delivered, I guess. Uh, I guess. Fair enough. So. But I assume you had fun there, though. Yeah, uh, it was a great month. time. Yeah. Cool. Good. Excellent. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, and so I knew you'd pick a great Islander and we want to get you on anyway. But uh, I also want you to tell everybody about Isles Fix, which is uh, the thing you're working on right now. And uh, I'm a huge fan of, I'll tell you right off the bat, but I think you can explain it better than I can. And uh, people will want to hear about this. So go ahead. Why don't you tell us all about Isles Fix? Yeah, thanks a lot, Dan. So Isles Fix started um, right before the start of the season, about a week before the season. We, we went from Isles Blog, both on Twitter and the NYIslesBlog.com website, became Isles Fix. And uh, we thought this would be a great season to kick off a daily newsletter to cover uh, the Stanley Cup champion New York Islanders for the 2021-22 season. Um, but it's influenced heavily by Nick's Film School and Mets Fix, two other newsletters uh, that are both founded by a gentleman named Jeffrey Ballone. And I became very familiar with both of them about a year and a half ago and became a subscriber of the Mets Fix um, newsletter. And it was just a great way to consume daily content around the Mets. And I'm a diehard baseball fan as I am hockey fan, but life gets a lot busier, especially when you get older. Like I'll never know more about a team than I will like the 98, 99 Mets when I'm like 16, <laughs> 17 years old. And that's all I have to focus on. Cause I wasn't mm. even like that into girls yet. <laughs> um, but when you, when life gets busy, you know, you can't be immersed in all the details all the time. And uh, within like five to eight minutes each day, I got an email newsletter that allowed me to consume all the Met content and, and, and read it on my time, whether it was on a commute or when I had a moment, in, in such a readable, streamable way that was so easily to digest. So it really became a one-stop shop for all the Mets news and, and, and highlights. And I reached out to them and asked them if they would be willing to expand and, and join me in a partnership to convert Isles Blog over to Isles Fix. And we did that starting in October. So um, we're, we've blown past our, our goal for this year, which was 1,000 subscribers, which I'm really excited about. And uh, the way it works is if you subscribe and go to islesfix.substack.com or visit our Twitter account at islesfix, you can find the link there. You'll get an email every morning at 8 a.m., Monday through Friday, and it'll be everything from a recap of the previous game with highlights, reaction, um, articles and links to other different uh, websites that are covering the game. Um, and then also what we do is we curate the newsletter, right? We look at all the different content that came out. And there's a crazy amount of content around this team, this mm -hmm. hockey team, and, and probably all sports teams. But when you really think about the amount of stuff that's either beat writer generated, columnist generated, um, analytics, fan content, um, social media, pop culture, all that stuff that happened throughout the course of the day, we kind of curate it and make it really easy, easily digestible for the fans and have them concentrate on the most important parts that they need to know about and also add our own editorial or opinion and spin on things as well. Um, so, you know, every day you would come in, you'd be able to get all your news and download that in a really quick way. And then we also have a segment or a section called I'll Remember, uh, which is probably my favorite segment. <laughs> Uh, because we have a kind of a this date in Islander history and what occurred. So just before I joined uh, this show today, I was uh, reading and putting into the newsletter for tomorrow about the Islanders 2001 team that finished dead last, uh, beating the St. Louis Blues 4-3 in overtime <laughs> on a Roman Hammerlick goal. Uh, that team finished with 52 points that year and St. Louis at 103. Um, so a rare, rare, rare 
bright spot that season. And I was able to find video and clip out and make a GIF of the game winning goal. And that's like one of the coolest things for, for me. Um, we also have Sound Smart, which is 80 to 90% stuff that Eric Hornick puts out, but occasionally <laughs> we find out some, find out some of our own stuff as well. So, um, if you're an Islander fan and someone that's following the team day in and day out or, um, you know, not everyone can be on social media all day long, refreshing Twitter and Facebook and whatnot. Um, I think this is a great way to get all your Islander content in one day. And, and you know, we shine a light on all the great people that cover this team, uh, both for free and that get paid to do it and uh, make sure you don't miss anything. Yeah, uh, that that's a, a great that's I mean, I couldn't have put it better myself, obviously, because uh, <laughs> you're you're the one who came up with all of it. But uh, I signed up as soon as Joe had told me about this, you know, early in the season and it has now become part of my like sort of daily ritual. Like you said, it comes in eight o'clock in the morning. This is about the time when, you know, I'm getting ready to log into work. I log into work usually around nine, nine thirty, and it's right there. And before I start my day, I can read all about it. And there's the gifts. So you catch up on the game before there's, you know, some links to either a podcast or an article or something that came out. Like I said, like you said, the sound smart stuff is always fun. It is, it is a lot of Eric Cornick stuff, but I mean, that's but like you said, I mean, not everybody's on social media. Not everybody follows, you know, Eric Hornick's Twitter or whatever. So you get to read all this stuff. And then not, like I, I'm with you, like the, the history stuff is great, too. So uh, I can't recommend it enough. It's absolutely fantastic. You guys do such a great job. I'm going to put the link in the article so you can just click on it and sign up. And it is free. So there's no reason not to sign up for it. And uh, it's fantastic. You guys are just doing such a great job. I, I don't know. It, you know, they, you really can't like reach out through there, I guess, other than just to tell you that you're doing a great job, but, but it really has become like, you know, I, I don't really start my day without reading it and catching up and being like, Oh, no, I appreciate that. We've gotten really good feedback on it. Um, and we've been giving away subscriber of the month giveaways and, uh, you know, no matter what we do in a future, future iteration of this, we definitely want to make a community feel that to have, you know, subscriber benefits, uh, related to Isles fix. Um, you know, I was just talking about how busy life, you know, can be sometimes. And yet somehow I decided to, you know, stay up to 1130 and midnight <laughs> for reading a newsletter uh, and then waking up early sometimes mm. to uh, to put in the final touches. But, uh, yeah. you know, it's it's been it's been good to go. I probably in some ways have never been as much immersed in Islander season mm. because of it. And um, and uh, we're excited to see where it, where it goes from here. And uh, yeah. I certainly recommend if you're fans of the Mets or Knicks to check out. Uh, Nick's Film School, which is written um, daily by Jonathan Macri, and, and then Jeff Ballone and, and his group and what they're doing with Mets Fix. It's, uh, they, they, they came first, and they do a great job. Well, it's nice to know that there are going to be Mets to have a Mets Fix <laughs> exactly. to read about this year. Uh, so yeah, check those out too. But I'll put the link in there to Isles Fix so you guys can all check it out. Thank you, sir. No problem. Uh, okay, so let us go on to today's yes, let's. Weird Islander of the day and i know mike is chomping at the bit to talk about this great man so uh without any further ado joe bono will you please reveal today's weird islander dooby dooby doo uh way dooblewitz <laughs> my god the man himself i'm so excited because mike missed our ryan smith episode so this is like i know you're just dying to get into here because this whole season is like that's this is your wheelhouse right here yeah um, yeah, we can Trojan horse <laughs> and into the Ryan Smith stuff through Wade mm. Dublowitz, right? The real hero of that season, somehow. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, and I, that's what I meant. Like, in terms of a, an NHL player, if you lined up every NHL player of all time in a lineup and you asked someone who, who likes hockey, um, to say, can you pick out the one person <laughs> in this entire lineup who looks least likely 
to be a professional <laughs> player who made it to the NHL. I think Wade Dublowitz would probably be the one they picked out. Right. Um, standing, what, a robust 5'8"? Well, if you're being kind. Yeah, hockey reference says 5'10", so he's definitely 5'8". Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> with his skates on and his helmet right. on. Um, but, you know, he he was – that season, and this is going to be the meat of the episode, was just in – for of, – of all, like – the Islander seasons. This was the one I think that had like the most zigs and zags that ended up in a positive way um, or ended up with something positive because it started with them. Um, this was the ragtag group, the, you know, the cylinder wit group um, who, and it was just like, there was no Islanders draft picks besides Rick, I think mm. on this entire team. um and it's you know you had victor kozlov and and miro shatan it was just it was a a who's who of like that guy um Mm. of guys basically on a team and uh then they got then they get ryan smith and it looks they look like a lock for the playoffs and so much went wrong from that point on that the islanders had to dress wade dublowitz for (laughs) the last four games of seasons because mike dunham who was supposed to be the solid mentor to he was supposed to be gar snow for mm. for Rick after Garcino got kicked upstairs, uh, was so bad, and they they were like, look, Dunham has been terrible, so the only our only hope here is to throw this guy in goal, mm. um, and they had to dress the two defensemen that or one defenseman, they signed Darren Quint and Todd Simpson mm. to those, you know, two week contracts where they weren't going to even be able to play in the, the playoffs because they signed them after the deadline. And then Todd Simpson's suspension got held from Germ- the German league got upheld. So it was Quint. And it was so you had Wade Dublowitz and Duran Quint leading the Islanders. They had to win all four games mm. and had to have the Canadians and Maple Leafs basically alternate wins <laughs> uh, mm. against other teams. They had to, and the, the group that they beat was nuts. They beat the Rangers, right. the Leafs, Leafs um, and then the Flyers. Devils. And the right. Flyers were like the, the one game that was. Uh, you know, it was like kind of like a shoe in, but it was a back to back. It was a Saturday in mm. Philly, Sunday, Easter Sunday in Jersey. And in that game against the Flyers, I kid you not, Wade Dublowitz makes a huge save. And what does he do? He poke checks somebody. I, I can't remember what flyer it was on a breakaway. <laughs> Mike, there's and even it was more. Like, it was there, a, there's more to the poke check because I've gone down the Wade Dublowitz uh, rabbit hole for the last <laughs> uh, couple days. Um, actually, even tried to Facebook Messenger him. Still waiting a response. Oh, we've, oh wow. <laughs> yeah, we, we've been, we've been, he's he's been like the one guy I think we've actually attempted to get on the show. Mm. From I actually the, had a dream. I was like, maybe I could surprise him and get him to like. I'll give him the link. He'll just drop in and call. Like that would be oh. amazing. But uh, you know, yeah, probably hasn't seen it yet. But mm. I mean, I was thinking about this um this was this is this is lynn sanity before mm. lynn sanity in a way now certainly doesn't have the um the aspect of an asian american harvard graduated <laughs> point guard lighting up madison square garden for a few weeks but right. it's almost as like unlikely as an undrafted five foot ten goalie you know <laughs> making a team on a playoff run in the last four games of a season i mean that's how unlikely it is yeah and um yeah, you said the Islanders go on this four-game losing streak right before the four-game winning streak. Lose mm. to the Rangers in overtime, lose to the Devils, get blitzed by Buffalo. And that was like – that was it for Mike Dunham, the game in yeah. Buffalo. Uh, they gave up five goals in the first period, and they finally go to Dublowitz. Dunham had five straight starts where he lost. He gave up 24 <laughs> goals in those five starts. <laughs> no joke. Yeah, Dublowitz's first three games as an Islander were – well, that season were all mop-up duty. 
Like they were all losses, and he just mopped up in every single one of them, basically. So he gets a start against Ottawa. They lose 5-2, but he makes 42 of 46 saves. And then the legend really starts, and you talk about the Pocheck. Hmm. And you can go. These highlights are – you can find these highlights. They win the, 3-2 against the Rangers. Yeah, Rangers. I remember And it's a too. shootout. And in the shootout, Michael Nylander and Yager go for the Rangers, and he poke checks both of them <laughs> to win the game against the Rangers. Then they win uh, their next game of uh, 5-2 against Toronto in a must-win game at home. And that game was close. I was at, I remember yeah. exactly where I sat for that game. They <laughs> they were um, – you remember at the Coliseum how the it, some of the sections in the lower bowl had like a row that was Different kind color. of like a box. They had like a, a, like a table in front of them basically. Yeah. Yeah. I, for some, somehow I got handed those seats for that game by just someone going into the game. They were like, hey, we have these four extra seats in our row. They're – you have like a little bar in front of you. So me and my three friends who were going there to, to pay, you know, eight bucks to go use our student ID and sit in three thirty three or whatever, sat in those seats. And it and I just remember I think Jason Blake, I wanna say. It was yeah, some, mm-hmm. yeah someone had a, it was at a huge goal in that game because it was tight and the Islanders ended up running away with it and Dublowitz out out dueled um it was I guess Andrew Raycroft or whoever it was in, in that mm. in that Goal because they ended up having to dress like JSL ban in a, in, in a must win game against the Canadians, the, the Leafs did, and and he ended up winning it for them somehow. Yeah, and, and it's so interesting. I think people think about this now and they go, Islanders won and made the playoffs, and Toronto was out, and it was kind of like this two team race. But it was it was much more than that. There were four teams really battling for that last eighth spot after the Islanders had lost the four games in a row on April first. They were. 36, 30, and 12 in 84 points. Three teams ahead of them. Carolina, Toronto, and Montreal. They were four points behind Montreal, but three teams ahead of them in the standings, having just lost four games in a row, having just lost Rick DiPietro, um, suffering from headaches after having concussions. So your, you know, your franchise goalie is not going to be part of it. They're dead in the water at that point. And somehow they are the ones that emerge um, with that fateful Easter Sunday um, in, in New Jersey. Um, and, and I mean, Mike, you probably remember and so do you, Dan, that it was also strange that the Saturday that they beat the Flyers, Toronto was posting yep. the Canadians. Yeah. Mm. And if Montreal wins that game, Islanders are out. They need Toronto to win that game to have a chance to then win their game and get in. And yeah, that they, was a they, crazy game. And it couldn't go to overtime, I don't think either, right? Yeah. Like, because there was a situation where if Montreal got a point, I think they got in and the, and the, uh, no matter what, like, so the Leafs would be out. So there was like a situation where if the game was tied, the Leafs would be pulling their goalie. Um, and it, I was, I, the whole time, I, I, cause that was pre, obviously pre NHL TV, pre all that. Mm. And I remember I ordered on cable vision, I ordered oh the game God. and it was like 99, <laughs> 99 ended up being in my dad. It was like, first of all, you're paying me back, like, yeah. and whatever. So I had to pay, I had to pay whatever job I was doing went right to him for a couple of weeks. But, um, but yeah, and I watched, so I watched that game upstairs alone in my room because nobody else was mm. like understood what what I was doing. Um, but um, yeah, so there was that situation where the Leafs, it, it, the Leafs needed to win that game in regulation for both them and the Islanders to stay alive. So there was a could have been a confluence of events where the the Canadian uh, the Leafs would be pulling their goalie in regulation in a tie game, and I was like, that is what's going to happen because that's the that would be the Islanders that the Islanders would get eliminated because of an empty net goal in a tie game in, on Hockey Night in Canada, <laughs> and um, no, and and the the Leafs went 
I think they were down four two in that game. Five three, yeah. Five three, yeah. And then wow. <laughs> I can't wow. remember if it was Brian McCabe who scored a big goal for them. It was it was a defenseman. Um, um, so I don't even actually know the first guy who scored, Carlo Koliakovo. Koliakovo. Yeah, he, oh, wow. he scored yeah. a tie the, to make it five four at the end of the second, and then McCabe scored fifty eight seconds into the third, and then Kyle Wellwood, Wellwood. scored three forty three yep. into the period. Wow. What are um, the all stars? Yeah, the and they Leafs. win. <laughs> That's it. It was against yeah. Cristobal Hue. Oh, wow. like, the goaltending was just abysmal in that game. The Leafs pulled, <laughs> I don't know if it was even Raycroft at that point, because it was. I think it was JSR Ban ended up finishing that game for Toronto. Hmm. Right. Um, so so here you have, like, you know, we're not that far removed from the Islander Maple Leaf series in 2002. Right. There's still some carryover players, certainly, that were part of this, uh, part of that series with the Islanders now. And then you have the entire hockey world probably rooting against the Islanders. Uh, <laughs> they don't want to see them play the Buffalo Sabres in the first round. So, you know, Easter Sunday, Easter Epic, that's kind of the backdrop here. Um, I actually found an old skinny from the the uh, aforementioned Eric Hornick that going into that game, Islanders were actually three, six and one on Easter Sunday and had played nine and nine of 10 games on Easter Sunday on the road, but they were two and oh, two out of the three wins, two and oh, when playing Easter Sunday in New Jersey. Zach Parisi, Dublowitz far out. Parisi makes his move and hits the top shelf. Made about three moves. That's one of his patented moves. Fake the snapshot. High slot, kick it, and pick it. That's what he does. Kicks the leg, picks it up top. Nice move. He won't have to pay for dinner in Toronto anytime soon. Now it's Kozlov, who's four for 12. Kozlov going wide. Kozlov right, and he scores! Bible. Changes the angle just a bit, gets the goaltender moving. Takes it a little wide. Clemenson's got to move a little bit back. Big five hole right there. Puts it right by him. Brian Gianta for the Devils. Again, Dublowitz way out. Gianta stopped an aggressive Dublowitz. Got a stick on it. And so... Ryan Smith will have an opportunity to shoot the Islanders into the Stanley Cup playoffs. There's that stick work that Wade Dublowitz used against the Rangers to be perfect there. A huge save on Gianta. He came from Edmonton on the 27th of February. And he's trying to send the Islanders to Buffalo. Ryan Smith in on goal. Levinson stops him. And now the pressure will fall on Wade Dublowitz. Instead of going it straight away, he changes his angle a bit too. Instead of going five, well, he tries to go in the same spot where Shatan went. This time the goaltender Clemenson gets the blocker down. Every shot that Wade Dublowitz has ever seen comes down to this confrontation. Sergey Breland in on goal. The block awesome. The New York Islanders are headed to the Stanley Cup playoffs. It has dramatic a fashion as you could envision. <laughs> <laughs> I was working at the AP at the time on that day and I remember watching it and that's it. Like the whole thing was a blur because I was watching with a friend of mine who was a Devils fan and he was my coworker and we just looked at each other like what the hell just happened? <laughs> like so it's just it's like really one of those things I mean when you talk about sort of post dynasty 
moments for this team. Like it's a small list. The Easter Epic is obviously one, the David Volek, you know, and, and this is right up there. And it's so funny that it's Wade Dublowitz. <laughs> like, you know, LaFontaine, even David Volek is kind of a weird guy, but he was around for so long. He had this sort of weird history with like Al Arbor and him just never quite got on or whatever. And and then obviously like, you know, you got the Tavares thing. I mean, his history is, you know, well told at this point, but like Dublowitz is just like, he just takes out like such a sore thumb. Like you said, he's undrafted, 5'10", probably more like 5'8", bald. Like he just, he went to University of Denver, which I think a lot of people are like, huh? Like there's, <laughs> there's a, you know, there's a school out there. And he was fantastic for the for the Sound Tigers at the time. Like he, he was a workhorse for them. He would start 40 games from every year, you know? And then all of a sudden, like this is your guy to go to the playoffs. And he managed to pull it off in this like incredible poke check. <laughs> yep. And then the way that the game even gets set up for that moment. I mean, the Islanders have a two nothing lead. Richard Park is going to be the hero. He scores, yeah. you know, his ninth and tenth goals of the year. So they're up two nothing with under five minutes to go in the third period, and John Madden scores with fifteen um, at fifteen forty seven mark, and then Madden scores again with under a second left. Under a second left. That's right, I remember that. This meaningless yeah. game for the Devils, and right. they are, Islanders are less than a second win from being in the playoffs, and the Devils score. I was. It was Easter Sunday, and as a uh, you know Roman Catholic, we do uh, celebrate Easter Sunday. So we had plans, and we were supposed to meet a fam- family at the restaurant, at a restaurant, an Italian restaurant called uh, Fiorentino's on Avenue U in Brooklyn. And I told my, we can't. I said we can't go until this game is over. Like <laughs> you know, it wasn't the day of the smartphone or anything. I wasn't going right. to be streaming it. Try to get a you know a signal of the Islander game on a radio uh, back in 2007 in Brooklyn. It wasn't going to happen. So um, yeah, we were just incredible setup uh, for that for that shootout. And then you go into the shootout and it's, um, you know, unlike the Islanders shootouts of, uh, 2022, (laughs) (laughs) um, Shatan goal, uh, Victor Mm. Kozlov goal, the first devil shooter, Mike, maybe let's see if you remember, do you know who the first devil shooter was that day? He scored. Uh, because I think, so let me think, hold on. Parisi. Zach Parisi. Honestly, you look at this movie. Don't know why he's not in the top three for shootouts. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and then, and then it's, um, down to Brian Jonta and then Sergey Breland. And we, yeah. we kind of know what and happened then, there. And it was Ryan Smith who missed for the Islanders. Yes. Hmm. And uh, actually, just to rewind for a sec. So that game, the the Devils starred Scott Clemenson, who hmm. I think I've told the story on Islanders Anxiety, but he's married to my old babysitter. <laughs> and, and so this and this is not that far removed from, you know, I'm, I'm like 16 or 17 at the time. So like, you know, we're, my, 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 I have a, a, a sister who's, younger than me so she, it's like it's not like we're not talking like 20 years prior to this that she was babysitting me but like maybe eight and um we still we were still in touch with that family at the time and i was like i was like i need to to, to call this family and tell her that you know scott <laughs> needs to play terrible or whatever and but um just this year because you know i've got issues i i was i watched like youtube videos of of this era all the time and one that i'd stumbled upon that i'd never seen before was that tsn coverage of this game uh hmm. and the f- whole first 20 minutes of their pregame show was them talking about whether the devils were should be almost punished by the league for starting clemenson <laughs> over brodeur who had started like 77 games that season like right. it, it was an absurd number maybe 72 what it, it was um you know back in that era where these you know you, you had these horse goalies but um like the, they had a panel and they were all discussing whether or not that the the, cause they're, they're doing the Leafs dirty here. 
Uh, even, I think even though, I like, remember the game is this. Meaningless. So it's like you go back to even then, and it's just the same. It's the same talking heads <laughs> talking about the same stuff with the Leafs. It's just incredible. I feel like I remember this. Like this sounds very familiar to me. And I remember oh, I being like, "Down that what? video, and I'll send it to you." Mike played seventy-eight games. Seventy-eight yeah. at age thirty. And they're they're freaking out that he's not going to play this game. Like, you, yeah, from if Martin Brodori gets hurt, you imagine what Lou Lamorello would do if 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 right. who, who was it? Burn. Uh, Pat Burns back then, who's coach of the Devils, yeah. if he started Brodor and he got hurt in that game, <laughs> Lou would have came downstairs and what he what he's done like three times already in his career and fired the coach with a week <laughs> to go in the season and taken over. <laughs> yeah, honestly, well. might have been Lou coaching. That might have been the season. Like, was that the Claude Julien season? No, that was and that yeah. was Lou coaching because he fired oh Julien. Yeah, with like three games to go or whatever. <laughs> That's funny. he was a two zero and one. Uh, yeah. But like, but that just goes to show like, so obviously that like, even if you just look at like the Dublowitz run, the four games, the four wins, you know, that shootout poke check, get him in the playoffs that in and of itself is crazy. And, and as you guys have said, like the circumstances that they got to that, got them to that point are already crazy, but there's an entire season of crazy that goes back to the summer, Neil Smith, Garth Snow, all these like free agents, and then obviously capped off with Ryan Smith, who I, when you were talking about the TSN thing, I thought that was going to be their number one thing, but I forgot it's, it's they got to talk about the Leafs. It's part of their their, <laughs> their contract, I guess. But like that, I mean, pound for pound, moment for moment, that's got to be one of the most insane roller coaster seasons in Islanders history. And we've seen a lot of crazy shit in our life, you know, watching this team. But like for one season. Starting with the goal, uh, GM getting fired forty days into his tenure and being replaced by the backup goalie, and it just gets crazier from there. And you know, ending in a poke check or I guess in a five-game playoff series eventually. But like, there's just so much crazy; it's almost hard to like put into words how many how much crazy you could pack into one uh, into, eighty-seven game season. Into a, a in, to a neutral observer, right. a completely mundane-looking season. Team finishes right. in the HC gets beat by a juggernauts team in five games, which right. we all know is much closer than, than the scoreboard showed <laughs> in that five game series. And uh, it, like you said, like, and, and I think that season also started with them on the road out West and they got blitzed. Like I think they came back home without a win from a road trip, like uh, through Arizona, Anaheim, LA, like maybe one of the one win out there. And uh, just thinking, Oh man, like this team, which I, I was really excited for because, Mike Sillinger was an Islander. This is great. <laughs> like, come on. Um, uh, this team uh, was, was maybe not as going to be as good as uh, we thought it was, or I thought it was. And, um, and then Rick, Rick, like between Rick and like Dunham, I think actually Dunham might've won them their first game of the season too. But mm-hmm. like between Rick and, and Dunham for the first, like they stabilized the group and mm-hmm. then um, yeah, but then things just honestly, like two weeks after the Smith trade, they just were, terrible mm. yeah, horrible like uh, players were getting hurt on the blue line left and ro- right uh and they just started to wilt and and then in came this uh little yoda <laughs> doobie <laughs> yeah they only had two three game winning streaks in the season everything else would be like two wins two losses two wins two losses two wins. and then they had a big losing streak in december january and yeah and then yeah right after getting uh Smith, they lost four in a row. <laughs> then they lost another four in a row after two wins after that. So, I mean, just it's just a confluence of events that that led them and to this moment. And it was also Tim Nolan's it. first year, too. 
Yeah. So like they had that attention on them as well, like bringing right. back this guy who had been like kind of quasi blacklisted. Right. And uh, he he like for for all of his faults, he did get this team to like believe and and mm. play hard. Mm. Um, and that was kind of like their identity, I guess, for for that entire season. I mean, look at the price tag on Ryan Smith. I mean, people are going to get traded now. You know, mm. tomorrow we're recording this on Sunday, and I mean, two recent first rounders plus a first rounder yeah. for a rental player for a team that, like you said, looking at the roster, did they really have a chance to make a real run? <laughs> I mean, probably not. Right. I mean, just you know, we talk about going all in. I mean. That was all in to try to be a you know a seven or eight seed and go against you know probably the Buffalo Sabers or someone else in the in the first round and uh, you know this four game at least they saved some face there they made the playoffs yeah um, you know but given on how unlikely it was that he was going to ever resign um, all those other factors wow you know but I remember at the time I was I was I was jacked about it I was excited <laughs> right yeah. yeah yeah it was crazy I, I, I immediately after that game ended in on Easter Sunday I went and called one eight hundred eighty two aisles to get to, to buy tickets uh, with my friend. And Did you put got, that on the same credit card as the, uh, yeah, exactly. the pay-per-view for yeah, the uh, like Just rack it up. Islander <laughs> related bills That's on my, my dad's card or whatever. But he, uh, yeah. But <laughs> that, that I think that season and, and like Dublowitz, I think became, and that, and that season was like just full of like folk heroes in, mm. in general. And, and then Dublowitz somehow became like a, above you know whether you know Kozlov or whoever um, ended up being the the folk hero of among the folk heroes and yeah, uh, yeah I mean you, you I, I really all like I've always wanted to to get that team back to the mm. to the Coliseum for like a alumni thing because like you know Tom Pody and Shatan and Kozlov those those wit those mm. guys like you you ask them like these guys have had some some serious NHL careers Stanley Cups among them. Sillinger played mm. for 300 teams um, <laughs> and you, it's Ryan Smith, you know, yeah. just like Mark Andre Bergeron, the whole thing, like just get them all together and be like, do you guys remember what you did those yeah. last four games? Cause I honestly don't know if all of them would realize like exactly the, the miracle, the mini miracle yeah. they pulled off. Well, like when Nolan and I talked about Ryan Smith, like we talked about that and we're like, I don't think he understands his legacy here. And I mean, I'm sure if you asked him, what do you think your legacy is with the Islanders? Ryan Smith would be like, I don't think I have any legacy, but like <laughs> we're sitting here like all these years later talking about this, you guys very vividly remembering all of these moments from this one crazy season that, like you said, you know, to anybody else is just sort of this innocuous, you know, season in which they, they made the playoffs on the last game day of the season and got blitzed in the first round in five games. But like you said, and we've talked about this on anxiety a lot, that was not a normal five game Series. Dublowitz started game one. They lost 4-1 to Buffalo, who was an incredible team back then. That was the sort of Drury, um, Briere, sort of height of that. They went to the Eastern Conference Finals that year, that team. Panic. And, uh, <laughs> it was 2-1 after two periods, and then the Sabres just scored twice in the third, and that was the end of that. Rick came back for games two through five, and yep. the Islanders won game two. Two, yeah. 3-2. Uh, they lost game three, 3-2. Three, they lost game four, four, two, and then they lost game five, five, four, three. So it was pretty close out of that side, yeah. outside of that first game. And uh, again, just the fact that they were there was almost a miracle in and of itself. <laughs> and so, like, you know, one thing uh, we didn't mention, just with the craziness of the season, um, was a couple days before the trade and everything is the Chris Simon and Ryan Holloway oh incident. Yeah. Jeez. Right. Jesus. Yeah. Just a ton of stuff <laughs> happened. 
Wow. Yeah. The, uh, you know what? It's it's if uh, if you ask Chris Johnston to to sum up that that smack to the head on the hallway, he would have said, "Yeah, glanced off his shoulders and <laughs> right to his helmet." Um, but yeah, that was at, I was at that game too, mm, and oh I was I remember just like look, I had a very bad vantage point of it, mm. and you know, I was in high school. Nobody really realized what happened. Everyone just assumed that he just drilled hallwig and mm. obviously the tape shows that he didn't um but yeah that i mean that 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 simon in a, in a weird way was like a, a perfect representation of that team as well like guy who came in on a what, one year two year deal had it was having a great year mm. um and just i mean obviously that happened but otherwise like just nobody uh if 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 you ask people like to talk picture chris simon in a jersey there's no way most people would picture him in an Islander jersey. Maybe they picture that moment, I guess. But like th- th- most of the people on that team, no. Like mm. it's it's they they were one and done. It's like Tom Pody. Mm. Nobody remember the Tom Pody. He was good for them, really good for them that year too. Bergeron. Mm. They had. A, I thought. I feel like they had a pretty decent power play going. Uh, right. Which is a weird part about that era of Islanders from like 2001 to basically this this season was uh, their power plays were normally pretty good because of like O'Coin and Hammerlick before the lockout and then Shatan and uh company after. Um but well Jason Blake had forty goals that season. Yeah, Blake, that was right. a Blake he, 40 made, goal he made year. forty goals and I know Lee has done it since, but they're the only two that have done it, you know, since oh six, oh seven. We'll I'll give you another I can get there now. I'll give you another one and done from that season too that gets lost in the roller coaster shuffle. That was the Sean Hill season. Yep. And well, on the was, day of so team- he was the reason they traded for Quint and Todd yeah. uh, Todd Simpson, I think. Because Maybe. he got suspend, he got busted for PEDs with like two games left. They're like, we can, yeah. trees, please get the Islanders out of the playoffs somehow. Like, don't let them do this. Just get before the game five, for the Canadians. Yeah, he got suspended twenty games for violating the NHL's performance enhancing. In with like a subs- week to go in the season. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and then and so the Islanders had him suspended. Mm. Very, you know, out of nowhere. And then yeah, they signed Quint and Simpson. And the reason they wanted to use Todd Simpson, but they signed Daron Quint from the German League too because they were like, just in case, on the mm. off chance that they decide to uphold the suspension from a completely different <laughs> league across the ocean, we might need this guy. And of course, the NHL did. Yeah. Wow. Future and episode. Nielsen made his NHL debut, debut that year. Yep. He had a goal, yeah. um, fifteen games, yeah. and. Uh, like Como had three games played, so he had some, <laughs> some of the future. The next wave of Islander greats were, were yeah. Made, I mean, that's Tambellini. Cameos too. Yeah, yeah Tambellini, the next big phenom. Mm. All of these guys are getting their own episodes. Yeah, well, not Mike York is obviously, on that but team. I mean, it's Darren Quinn. Who's who? I yeah, mean, it's York. a who's who of weird Islanders. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that team is weird Islanders, and the York and Jitnik got traded for Freddie mm. Meyer in like December <laughs> together. They're the Flyers all of a sudden. You're like, that's holy funny. crap, right? Um, but the thing is, too, about, you know, I think you have this season and then like the Jubilowitz story, there's a lot of twists and turns from this point on. Right. You know, um, which is, is I don't think I had thought about that so much. You know, you remember the poke check and you remember that run. And then I was trying to cobble in my mind before looking into it. Like, what exactly happened those following years? Like, this, <laughs> why did he only pay, play? So few games for the Islanders, uh, given how well he performed both in the AHL with Bridgeport and obviously in the cameos uh, that he had there in that season and even the the, the, the full year afterwards. So, yeah. So after that season, um, the Islanders basically went into rebuild mode for for all intents and purposes. They ended up you know drafting Josh Bailey at the end of that year and everything. But, uh, yeah, he started 17 games. Uh, he went 9-9 nine nine with a 9-19 save percentage and a 2-7-0 goals against average. 
which are pretty solid numbers for a backup goalie. Rick was, I guess, healthy that year. Uh, I don't even know. Let me look at uh, that. Was, I think that was the Rick Offstar year. Yeah, that was yeah Rick, and then Joey McDonald got into two games. So it was basically <laughs> Joey Rick. McDonald has a plays a big part of this the yeah. following year. Uh, so they. They basically split time. Rick got sixty three games in, and and Dublowitz again the other uh, twenty, and uh, and they they played pretty well. And and again, they you know Wade Dublowitz. That's another thing too. He was part of uh, three uh, Islanders playoff teams, which was pretty crazy because they made the playoffs. He was also on in the two thousand four uh, season, right where they they went yeah, to. He uh, was like their, he was a third goalie, right? He was and, a, I think the last Islander goalie to play in a tie. <laughs> Right. So I actually that's found video that. of that tie. Uh, that's against the Flyers. And I found video of it. And I'll throw <laughs> that in here. Just before he got hurt, he took a hairline fracture of the ankle when he was hit by a shot from Rick Jackman. And at that time, he was just rounding into the shape that he showed two years ago. Primo to the net. Denied by Dublowitz. Well, good save. Dublowitz has really played a solid game. That's shot number 34 for the Flyers, and a good chance for Fremo. Takes his pass from Amonti, and he's got the speed going. He's able to get to his forehand, and Duplowitz was right there. Good, solid save. Look at that. That's a good shot. And Duplowitz with the save. Sending a message, isn't he? Yeah. Keep me in mind for next year. That's the message. Thing to see. Garth Snow's deal is up at the end of this year. Right. Well, the Islanders will have a decision to make there. Dublowitz is making that decision that much more intriguing. There's another really big Islander memory that he was part of in that year. Oh. Um, and that is when Al Arbor comes back for his 1500th game. Oh. <laughs> Nolan, right, makes mm-hmm. the request. They see the 1499. They go, oh, we should change that, the whole story and backstory on it. They're playing, you know, who's making the schedule? Why are they playing the Pittsburgh Penguins? You know, we want Al to get a win as a coach. <laughs> and they somehow win this game. And DiPietro got high, got a high stick from Sidney Crosby somehow. Um, I don't recall the specifics of that. He has to leave the game. And Dublowitz is playing the end of that game and holds on <laughs> for the victory. So that, you know, when they have the celebratory moment of the lowering of the one banner and bringing the other one up. It's following a win. That's unbelievable. That is absolutely crazy. I had no idea. Oh my god! That that was it. That's insane. <laughs> no, why? Because I was looking at pictures for him. Mm. I was looking up all these photos of like all Dublowitz photos or images that I was ever. <laughs> and I saw one with the fifteen hundred um, patch. Mm. It was in net, and I'm like, why is he wearing <laughs> that? I'm like, they didn't wear that for the entire season. That's so I had funny. to go back and look at the the box score in the game store. Yeah, he got in the game. So there you go. Only four I, minutes. Yet. Crosby got a four minute minor for high sticking. DPHO had to let he left for the dressing room. Was called back to come to the tunnel to show the referee that he had a, that he had a cut near his eye before retreating back to get treatment. And uh, Dublowitz was perfect in relief for the victory. <laughs> you know, if you had asked me to name the goalie, I, I probably would have missed it a hundred times. I probably would have said DiPietro and. Then just gone completely blank because I kind of figured that Dublowitz was out at that point, but but he wasn't. Like he had a, again, that's a good solid season for a backup goalie. But then afterwards, uh, I guess his contract was up and he signed in the KHL with Akbars. <laughs> and uh, I, you know, I tried to search for stuff. I don't know why he did that. I don't know if there was some sort of like I found acrimony. something. I found something like oh, yeah? really obscure that like Greg Logan had written for Newsday uh. that like 
linked to like an Islanders blog. Like I don't even recollect the Islander blog, Mm. but basically he had the previous year, the year after the poke check, he had a two, a one way deal with the Islanders for that season. Then snow makes him a multi-year offer, but the first year had a two way clause that meant that he thought that he was destined to go back to Bridgeport because they had signed Joey McDonald Mm. on a one-way deal. So after he had like had the one-way deal for his first NHL year, that's what happened. He like interpreted the offer as being like, you're going to send me back. You're going to play McDonald (laughs) and I'm off to the KHL as a result. Jeez. (sighs) Boy, that's, that's pretty rough. You know, I guess, uh, I guess I, I could see why he would think that, but, uh, I don't know. He could have just picked up the phone and asked Garth, I guess. <laughs> didn't really, he didn't really think of that at the time. But yeah, he signed and he played like, he played almost half the season out there, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and um, uh, that was a, he, he was out, let me see, I got it right here. He was with Akbar's for 21 games. I have absolutely no idea how well he did there, but he played there for a while. But then, guess what? Rick Pietro got hurt. Go figure, right? And so they wanted to bring him back. And so they signed him to another contract, but he had to go on waivers. That's that was the NHL rule back the re-entry then. Entry waivers, yeah. Re-entry waivers. He had to be put on there. And wouldn't you know it, the Columbus Blue Jackets went and ruined Wade <laughs> Dublowitz's return to the island by picking him up. And I found an old Lighthouse Hockey article about this. And basically, you know, they they talked to uh, Dublowitz. I guess it, this might have been Columbus, the Columbus Dispatch, and they were like. I thought he was joking at first, but he wasn't. Meaning Garth Snow telling him, "Oh yeah, by the way, he got picked up from up by Columbus." That he thought he was joking. He was disappointed, and I'm disappointed. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the old uh, you know Radic Martinek thing when Radic yep. played a couple games in Columbus after right. the, the but he came back obviously because yeah. he just couldn't stay away. Right. But I, I also like because he then went on to the Wild, and and I remember. Mm. There was one game, I think, I don't know who the Wild were playing, but it, it was an OLN or versus game, and they had Dublowitz mic'd up on the bench, because they and they were talking about, Joe Beninani, I think, was calling and was talking about how he's just like this, you know, really, really, um, you know, chatty guy, mm. and Dublowitz, like, the whole game was just, like, leaning over, leaning over the bench, like, chatting uh, or chirping to, like, the Wild team, and I was like, this, this guy, man, because of his high-pitched voice, he, <laughs> it just sounded so funny, um, but yeah, he... Um, yeah, he ended up, I guess, yeah, with the wild, and uh, it's just, mm. it's too bad. It really is too bad that he hasn't, he didn't come back to any of those alumni games or alumni nights. Yeah, because if you remember, like that Pittsburgh series when when they showed Sean Bates on the camera, mm. and the, the place just went delirious. Um, right. I think Dublowitz would get just about at the same. I think so too. And then, you know, Bates has been back a few different times too. So, I mean, it's, it's great to see him and, and certainly at a playoff game, but you know, plus again, you know, every, if you're an Islander goaltender, you have to be able to have a chant that, you know, goes to dun, dun, yeah. right. So <laughs> the doobie was so easy. Plus Paul Cartier with a little like, nah, 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 right. Like a little bit, that little right. extra organ part that he used to play. Um, yeah. The crowd, they would go nuts for him. Um, yeah, oh, definitely. It's very, I can tell you something just a little strange. In my research, I found these old Greg Logan articles about Dubowitz about that run. Something's up because those same links, I had saved them, and now you can't find them on Newsday. It's like the, the link has been removed. They probably like had a, someone's doing a lot of, <laughs> someone's like looking up Wade Dubowitz stuff. We got to take it down. I can't, get to any, I can't get to any of them right now. It's strange, but I do recollect um, one comment he made 
um, which I thought was really interesting in that he said that the only thing that he did not like when people talked about him was that they would refer refer to him as a career minor leaguer. And he took that personally because he's Hmm. from his perspective, he was only in the minors for about three to four years. He played at the university of Denver. He was Hmm. in the minors three to four years. And yeah, he was older, 26, 27, 28 when he made the NHL. But you know, for him, that, that was the part he didn't like that. He was like this career minor leaguer that was in his late thirties. You know, Hmm. he still felt like he had a lot of really good hockey in him. Yeah. Well, that's one thing I was going to mention right off the top. And of course, I totally forgot. Uh, but, you know, a lot of people might be wondering, like, how is Wade Dubowitz a, a weird Islander? Because he had this sort of big signature moment that obviously a lot of the guys that we talk about here never really had. But it's like he only played 37 games for the Islanders, really 38 if you count that one playoff game over the course of four seasons. So, like, he, he definitely is covered in the, the second part of our criteria and that he played multiple seasons with them, but really never played all that much. But yeah, I can see I can see that point. Like he also had he also had one uh, AHL season uh, when he was with Minnesota too. So I mean, I, I'm with you guys. Like if they brought this guy back, I mean, even if that was his only game as an Islander, that poke check is enough to get that crowd to just go completely bonkers for him. I mean, they're going to show that YouTube highlight. I mean, that might be the first true Islanders YouTube highlight is that that poke yep. check, and you know they put it up there and the place to go completely bananas. So. They should do that. <laughs> and like the foreshadowing of the poke check, like I said, going mm. back and seeing how often he used it, like mm. that was his, he, like he stopped <laughs> four shots on the poke check in like a week. And I've never <laughs> seen a goalie do it since, I don't think. Right. Like, that, that, uh, yeah, that, that, the Rangers shootout, it, it, it is weird. It is weird. It's not Yager. Like, like, Yaramir Yager was yeah. Ray Dublowitz <laughs> with the game on the line. <laughs> Nylander, who takes his time. See how far out Doobie comes. Nylander in, and Doobie poked it away. How about that? The last hope for the Rangers. He's three for eight this year, and he comes out. Dublowitz. Yager moving well. Yager denied by Dublowitz, and the Islanders win it. It was Parisi, then... Was it Madden? I can't remember who was second shooter for the Devils. Uh, I have it. It was uh, Brian Johnson and, and then Breland. Right, Gianto, sorry. Yeah. And then uh, and then Breland. But um, I remember when Breland, or as Parisi was, I think it was when Howie Rose said it, like, he was like, he's never, he's not going to have to buy a dinner in Toronto for decades or mm-hmm. something after he scored. And that, that line, and Billy Jaffe freaking out when Madden scored, mm-hmm. like, he, Billy was like, no, no, no. I, I remember those things so clearly because I've probably watched that highlight package in in all different varieties, <laughs> whether it's you know the the uh, NHL one or mm. uh, Fox Sports New York or TSN, like a million different times. And uh, yeah, the the poke check was 
I remember the poke check perfectly and, and his strut afterwards. Mm-hmm. And then seeing the bench, the way the bench was after that, after that poke check was just incredible. Because it was, if you go down the line of those players, like you said before, we're, it was the Weird Islanders team. You had Andy Hilbert like screaming, mm-hmm. Richard Park, Jeff Tambellini, Dur- Duran Quint, who who wasn't even going to be playing in the playoff series anymore. Like it, it was. You just look at that group, and then Ted Nolan, Dan LaCroix, and Danny Flynn behind them. Like it was mm-hmm. just like this mush of people, and they're all charging Wade Dublowitz to end the season. <laughs> um, and it, yeah, it's like I mean, it, Danny it, Flynn it's, is like. Mistake, you can't like not, yeah. He has such a good look. Like, I honestly think, like, if you if if the Islanders would get you know how they do like war reenactments, battle reenactments, I would spend my Saturday afternoon just reenacting that that poke (laughs) check. I don't care who what role I would play, I would be you know, I I could be you know, Brendan Witt on the bench or someone, um, but I would I would spend my Saturday afternoon doing that. That's pretty funny, that would be cool. We should watch that. So, <laughs> maybe that's a new form of uh, LARPing for yeah, like, this is like Mike, like this is like kind of your team. Like you love the obscure, mm. you know, Islander and these in these weird moments that are, you know, that maybe are very forgettable for a lot of people. And like this that this season and that team just right. give you endless options. Because and and like that team, so pre trots Islanders, there were I was too young for the ninety three team. Um, you know, obviously had the Bates shoot penalty shot, but this was the only other good moment uh, until 2013. So from 1996, when I really started to like know and and understand what was going on, till 2013, it was Sean Bates and Wade Dublowitz. Yeah, in terms like, of iconic moments, yeah, right. I mean, unless you want to, yeah. yeah, I think didn't Garth Snow shut out the Senators in Game One? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, but yeah, like yeah, iconic moments, and that should be that. You know, for the people from the Islanders are listening, I want that introduced in more highlight packages. You know, before before games for pump ups and Islander history, like throw the Doobie poke check in there a little bit more. You know, yeah. you, you can't yeah. show the Tavares ones anymore. You got some extra yeah. space. <laughs> You I mean, it should be shown. <laughs> it should be shown at least as often as the Bates. Yes, Bates yeah. one because they're kind of the same thing a little bit. Like, I mean, ultimately the Islanders lost in the first round, but like these were hugely exciting moments that, like, for again, like for like guys like us, are just like, holy crap! I remember where I was. I remember what I was feeling. That all the stuff leading up to that, you know, like we could remember that all that kind of stuff. And and uh, yeah, it, it's pretty remarkable. And the, you know, and looking over this stuff, you know, his career now, like you realize he was playing in the German league in 2011. Doesn't seem like that long ago. <laughs> like, wow. I mean, it's his career went on after the Islanders. Again, he played for Minnesota for a little while. And actually, and it predated that thing too. I found that video again from that tie against the Flyers. And Radic Martinek was on the blue line for the Islanders in 2004, too. So, I mean, it all oh, yeah. sort of ties together in <laughs> this very weird, weird tapestry of strange Islanders seasons. It's uh, like I said at the, at the top, I feel like this is the uh, Lynn Sanity story of the NHL, certainly in New York. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's and maybe as a, as as a, as or maybe more improbable um yeah and it had the payoff at the end you know with right. the check yeah. so there you go all right well i mean that i can't say it better than that <laughs> we can tie it up right there i mean that that's just awesome so uh this has been a lot of fun uh, I, I it's, we can go for another couple hours if you oh want. definitely oh yeah I mean, especially <laughs> sort of throwing out names on that list i mean just, I mean, just we haven't the, even talked about Andy Hilbert yet. So, oh my god, oh my god, Randy Robitaille, <laughs> dude, I, I, Randy Robitaille is just 
Randy Robitaille is definitely he was the getting... best player in the NHL that season. I don't care who who was <laughs> like he was just incredible uh, for the Islanders that year. Like just... he's definitely getting an episode, if not two, because he had yeah, two stints with the Islanders. Yeah, we do a part one and part two. <laughs> so there you go. But uh, but yeah, well, I hope Wade Dubowitz gets back to you on Facebook. I hope that so would be too. great. I have a number two that I got years yeah. ago, like. My first year doing a lot of podcasting, I was just all after. It was the final year of the Coliseum, and I was trying to get as many people who I can find. And I have a number. Mm. I may have left a voicemail on it, never got a call back. You know, we'll mm. see if it's still active. I'm not, like, determined to get them on, on a podcast, either with you guys or, or somewhere else. Mm. Uh, well, I mean, if this gets back to him, Wade, if you're out there, we love you. Love you, We man. want you to come back. Yeah. We want to see you at UBS <laughs> Arena. Seriously, I'm not kidding. Yeah. Like. This is a huge moment for us. <laughs> so please, please think about it. Uh, but no, this is, this has been great. And uh, I was, I was so excited and you could hear it. Like I just, just letting you guys go. was just awesome to, <laughs> to listen to. And I hope, I hope people enjoy it. Uh, so Joe, where can everybody find you on Twitter? So on Twitter, you can find us at Isles Fix. And uh, if you want to go straight to the website, islesfix.substack.com. And uh, hope to see you guys getting um, your inbox full. Substack also has a new app. So if you want to view it there, it actually looks phenomenal on the app. I'm using that pretty much predominantly now. You can download the app and you'll have it there, get a notification or not, and check it out there every morning and read it on your own leisure. But uh, again, thanks. Uh, Great great being with you guys. You guys do awesome work each and every week. And uh, I love this new uh, Weird Islander segment, especially in a season like this, uh, to laugh and and kind of think back (laughs) at some oddities and fun stuff has, has been great. Thanks. Yeah, no, this has been a lot of fun. And I'm telling everybody, sign up for Isles Fix as soon as you can. Again, I'll put the link in the thing. And it's great. It's, it's the perfect way to start your morning, whether the Islanders win or lose. <laughs> it's great to look back and, and be like, oh, yeah, that happened and all this other stuff. Yeah, the only good part is that I get a break probably come April. I was preparing to have to write these into June. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And my wife the other day was like, how long is this going to go on? I'm like, well, this season it's going to stop at the end of April. So you're lucky because this would have gone on straight until the middle of June if they had done what we thought they were going to do. And she's like, oh, my God, why? <laughs> uh, Mike, where can everybody find you on Twitter? The Big Lebowski with two E's. Find Mike at the Big Lebowski. Read his work at the Action Network. Uh, he and I are going to have a, a post-trade deadline Islanders anxiety coming up. That will already have been out by the time you listen to this. So if you have not listened to that, go back and listen to that. Uh, and recapping all the things I'm sure the Islanders didn't do. So uh, so hopefully this one was a lot more fun for you. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back uh, in a few weeks with another Weird Islander. And until then, hey, keep the Islanders weird. Thanks a lot. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.